are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I don't know about you, but today feels a hell of a whole lot better than last week. You wouldn't believe it maybe reading some of the, the posts on social media, but it is Victory Monday here on Locked On Dolphins. We are celebrating the Miami Dolphins' seventh win of the 2020 season. They are 7-4, and 20-3 victory over the New York Jets. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Kyle Krabs, host of Locked On Dolphins, managing editor of USA Today's DolphinsWire.com, director of scouting at TheDraftNetwork.com, and lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Today's episode is brought to you by Pepsi. Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, whatever, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi is made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. First things first, let's get this out of the way before we talk about the Miami Dolphins' victory over the New York Jets in Week 12 of the 2020 season, courtesy of some very strong defensive play, uh, opportune throws by Ryan Fitzpatrick, identifying one-on-one opportunities for one Devontae Parker. It was good to see you again. Welcome back, officially back. The Miami Dolphins learned on Monday morning that the NFL has flexed their Week 16 matchup with the Las Vegas Raiders into an 8 p.m. kickoff time slot on Saturday, December 26th. The Dolphins will have the opportunity to potentially clinch an AFC playoff berth just one day after Christmas and give Dolphins fans everywhere the Christmas gift they weren't sure they would have the chance to get this season. Miami has three home games between now and that Week 16 clash against the Cincinnati Bengals, the Kansas City Chiefs, and the New England Patriots. But this Week 16 matchup is the matchup head-to-head if the Dolphins want to best ensure their opportunity to make the postseason in 2020. This will be the game to win for the Miami Dolphins, and therefore, because of the leverage involved, that's why it was a natural choice to be flexed into the 8 p.m. kickoff on Saturday, December 26th. So the Dolphins played a football game yesterday, and the Dolphins won a football game yesterday, and it was not the prettiest football game that the Miami Dolphins have played this season. But the the larger, more prominent tone from Dolphins fans on social media is regarding Tua Tungavailoa, and he didn't play because of the thumb... And should he have played, Brett Favre played through a thumb injury, yada, yada, you know, Matt Stafford playing through a thumb injury, whatever. There's nothing broken into a Tonga hand. Why aren't we playing to a Tonga Is this now a quarterback controversy because the Dolphins pulled the plug on Tua in the fourth quarter against the Broncos down 10 points? Brian Flores said it about as clear as you could possibly put it when he was asked after the 20-3 victory over the New York Jets. I don't know how many ways you're going to ask this, but I'm going to answer the same. Tua Tungvaloa, if he's healthy, is the guy. This is his team. He has something going on with his hand. And that's the bigger, more prominent thing, that because the Dolphins have so much trust in Ryan Fitzpatrick, this coaching staff, 
and in some ways well-deserved, and in other ways you understand what his limitations are, as evidenced by some of the drives dying inside of Jets' territory yesterday for the Dolphins. He's capable. He's a capable quarterback that the Dolphins trust, and they would rather protect their rookie starting quarterback than put him out there in not a position to play at his absolute best. Now, is that babying to a tongue of Iloa? Maybe. I think this this presents more of a long-term Ryan Fitzpatrick probably at this point. I don't know if he can be back next year. Just based on the optics and the locker room and selling the team and, and making sure Tua Tungvaloa has full confidence in the coaching staff that he's working with. Because there is this trust with Ryan Fitzpatrick, and I don't think that it's a bad thing. And I don't think it's a bad thing that if Tua has an injury on his throwing hand and the Dolphins decide, nah, you know what? Not today. We're going to let him rest. We'd rather set him up for success. Let's go with Fitz. And Fitz does what Fitz does, and Fitz avoided a lot of the dumb throws that he has the tendency to make from time to time. He passed for 247 yards. The Dolphins comfortably won this football game after a dogfight in the first half, which we knew it was going to be anyway. I don't see the problem. And yet there's there's a lot of you think this you think the roles were reversed and you think the Dolphins lost 20 to 3 and they were 0 and 11 on the season. I think the thing that interests me most about all of the fans who who were so hungry to see Tua Tungavailoa play and, and knowing that Fitzpatrick was going to play, like, ruined their weekend. How many of, and this is a genuine question, how many fans did you hear before the season say, redshirt him for the entire year? Let's make sure he's absolutely healthy. Let's not put him out there if he's at any risk to get hurt. And now we get a, a month of Tua with ups and downs and plenty of flashes of brilliance, but also some meat left on the bone because he's a rookie and he's not going to see everything at a super high level. And it's clear that the Dolphins don't have the full playbook at their disposal because they want to give Tua things that he has mastered. And he's legitimately hurt now because he hit his hand on somebody's helmet and fans say, oh, play him anyway. Tell him to suck it up. It's a minor injury. It's just a thumb sprain. He needs to play. We we were literally just saying how some fans wanted him to redshirt the whole season to protect him from getting hurt. And now he's hurt, and you want him to play. Good things come to those who wait. And that would be the message that I would, would urge Dolphins fans and understand that the Dolphins' faith and patience in Tua Tungavailoa and Ryan Fitzpatrick and those dynamics, that's a great place to be for a coaching staff to say, hey, Tua Tungavailoa's best trait right now is his accuracy. And if he can't consistently grip the ball without discomfort, and that's going to impact his ability to throw the ball with accuracy. We don't want to expose him to that. That has nothing to do with babying him. If they'd have sat him on the bench and he wasn't hurt at all, which some of you guys might think is the case because of the conditions of the way he was pulled out of the Denver game, and I get it. But you can see pictures of his hand. 
there's clear discoloration there. It's a big-ass bruise on the base of his thumb. I don't think the Dolphins would fake an injury, get it all the way up to NFL Network, have Tua buy into the lie to sit because he's benched. I understand we've we've had a rough run as a franchise with quarterbacks, with a lot of things in its entirety. But Brian Flores has the Miami Dolphins at 7-4. and four. Brian Flores has made the change to Tua Tagovailoa. Brian Flores stated as clear as day after the Jets game, if Tua Tagovailoa is healthy, he is our starting quarterback. And we don't trust him. Why? Another thing I, I'm not, not fully on board with is this perception that the Dolphins call better plays for Ryan Fitzpatrick than they do. Well, no, Fitz flies close to the sun. You know he's going to identify one-on-one matchups. The touchdown to Mike Gusecki is a great example because Fitz, Mike Gusecki told us in the postgame that they broke the huddle and Fitz told him, hey, ball's coming to you no matter what. That's a good thing, but that's also a bad thing. Think about the interception he threw to Devontae Parker in the end zone to lose the game to the Broncos. Think about the interception he threw to Mike Gusecki in the red zone against the Jets the last time out. Fitz understands coverages at such a deep level that if he gets a look that he anticipates, but the team changes speeds on him with what they actually run post-snap in coverage, that's where a lot of the boom and bust comes from. I thought yesterday he managed his high-risk throws well. He didn't try to do too much. Did the game plan look different? Yes, but I think there's some good things there involved that the Dolphins, for whatever reason, just got away from against the Broncos. I don't think it has anything to do with calling better plays for Fitzpatrick than it does to a tongue of LO. I think Fitzpatrick has a better handle on the entirety of the playbook, and therefore they have more at their disposal when he plays. Does that qualify as calling better plays, or does that qualify I'm calling plays that I know my quarterback knows how to run? I think that's a genuine question to ask. And I think it would be completely unrealistic to expect Tua Tagovailoa in his rookie season, in an unorthodox offseason, to have completely mastered the entirety of his playbook within 10 games and four games as a starter. That's just kind of, you know, you, you can only retain so much information in so much amount of time. And things will get better and things will continue. To improve, and Tua will continue to master more and more of the offense, and the Dolphins' offense with Tua Tagovailoa will get more diverse with more time. I wanted to address those things up front because they're really prominent discussion points for Miami Dolphins fans this morning on the heels of a 20-3 win with plenty to like and plenty to be excited about. And that's what we're going to get into next on the show, a focus on the positives. And things that you should be juiced and excited about seeing in Miami's 20-3 win in Week 12 over the New York Jets. When it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. Echelon can help you get there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected bikes, mirrors, 
rowing machines, and their all-new Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity is, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you on thousands of daily, live, and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them, and unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL to get started. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N fit.com slash NFL to get started. Here's one thing I always wrestle with is I don't want to tell you how to fan. I don't want to tell you what to think. I want to present you with my version of reality. I want to keep it as real with you as possible. But if you're going to feel a certain kind of way, you are entitled to feel a certain kind of way as a Dolphins fan. So what I don't want is anybody who just listened to me get on my soapbox for the first 10 minutes of the show and be like, wow, he's really preaching today. Well, no, I'm just, I'm presenting as best as I can possibly ground myself with everything that's going on. Because there are a lot of variables with this Dolphins team right now. We knew we were going to be on limited on offense. We knew we were at risk of playing in a box at times. We know the ceiling is higher with Tua Tagovailoa because of his accuracy and not being prone to those handful of decisions that Fitz makes on a week-to-week basis. So forgive me if I came across at all as preachy. You feel whatever you want to feel. But from my perspective, when I look at this team, I'm way more excited about things than I am frustrated with anything because from a big picture view, remember, this is year two of a super ambitious and aggressive rebuild. And the Dolphins are 7-4. and four. And the Dolphins have won six of their last seven games and seven of their last nine. Miami's in a great place right now as an organization. And understanding this is not the finished product for this team, but rather... Just the next in several more stops in evolution and improvement of this team. Um, On to the good. Can we talk just a little bit about Xavier Howard and his bid for Defensive Player of the Year? Because it is is now officially legit. We're going into December. Xavier Howard has seven interceptions in 11 football games. And it's really just the tip of the iceberg of what he has contributed this season. 15 additional passes defensed, several of them dropped interceptions. But that's not even the most impressive part. Xavier Howard has been targeted 63 times this season in coverage and is allowing less than 50% of those targets to be completed. And he is yielding an opposer passer rating when targeting him in coverage of 49.1. 63 targets, sub-50% completion, 49.1 passer rating against, 15 passes defensed, 7 interceptions, 11 games. Dolphins the second best scoring defense in all football. And he was back at his old bag of tricks again against Sam Darnold. Bless that young man. 10 interceptions against the Dolphins in 5 games. Howard should have had at least one more if not for OPI against him when he was playing the ball down the field, down the, the near sideline. He's just playing lights out. It's unbelievable. And you consider he now has the most interceptions of anybody in the NFL since the start of 2017. 
and he's missed 16 games in that time frame. I think that the campaign for Xavier Howard as Defensive Player of the Year needs to be taken very seriously. And I can hear you now. Well, you know, DK Metcalf got him a few times. Well, ask Stephon Gilmore about getting got by a really good receiver and still winning deep play. Because Devontae Parker posterized that man multiple times in Week 17, and Stephon Gilmore still still won the award. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg for the Dolphins' defense. I, you know, I know there, there's some concerns about the Dolphins' run defense, and Frank Gore had some nice gains on the ground, and it is it is a work that the Dolphins are going to have to address because they, they have to tightrope getting the right personnel on the field for running downs versus passing downs right now, and that's not an easy thing to do. But let's talk about the Dolphins' defense versus Adam Gase's offense real quick. Offensive guru Adam Gase. Because this stood out to me. The Dolphins and Jets have played twice this season now. 120 minutes of football have been played between these two teams. And the New York Jets, Adam Gase's offense has held the football, possessed the football 25 times over those two games. And in 25 possessions, the Jets' defense has created the following. 23 first downs. Less than one first down per possession. Six sacks taken, a modest number. Five third down conversions on 30 attempts. They are five of 30 on third down in two games against the Dolphins. They've run 122 plays, averaged 4.29 yards per play, logged three turnovers, and scored three points. 122 plays, 25 possessions, three points scored. Is there any question what side of history the Dolphins are going to be when you look at the decision to part ways from Adam Gase when it unraveled at the end of 2018? And remember, it's super poetic because Adam Gase's Dolphins in 2017 and 2018 had logged, at the time, the third and fourth worst point differentials in franchise history. They were minus 112 in 2017, allowing 393 points, and minus 114 in 2018 when they allowed 433 points. The only seasons that were worse than that, at the time, were the Dolphins' first two seasons of existence under Coach Wilson in 67 and 68, and Cam Cameron's 1-15 team from 2007. Those were the only teams that had a greater point differential than Adam Gase's final two seasons in Miami. Now, of course, that changed in 2019. Uh, The 2019 Dolphins, year one under Flores, were minus 188, which was tied with Coach Wilson's uh, 68 Dolphins for the worst in, in franchise history. But remember... The Dolphins were outscored in their first three games that season in 2019 by 49, 43, and 25. Two-thirds of that point differential took place in the first three games. And now, the Dolphins, 205 points allowed in 11 games, 18 points per game. Flexing their muscle big time against the New York Jets. So whether it's 
Elana Roberts blowing up Frank Gore on fourth and one, and he said in the post game, this defense takes it personally if you decide to run on fourth fourth down against them. Xavier Howard logging another interception. Nick Nita making his obligatory one good play per game, and he got a pick. Sam Darnold ill-advised throw on the run. Christian Wilkins looking back in a big way. Contributions up and down from this Dolphins defense clamps. You knew the Jets were going to have something. They're typically good at scripting. And they got Dolphins on script on third down. They got a completion, a long completion that put them into uh, field goal range. And the Dolphins defense stood up, got a sack on Sam Darnold in third and goal. Kicked the field goal. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So whether you're looking for a healthy snack, a breakfast on the go, something post-workout, or just like delicious things, Built Bar can fill the void for you. And best of all, Built Bar doesn't just taste good, it blows the nutritional facts of your typical protein bar out of the water. It's got 200 calories per bar or less, up to 20 grams of protein per bar, 18 delicious flavors to choose from, and one-seventh the grams of carbs and sugar of your typical protein bar. So if you're looking for a change-up in your diet, Visit BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKEDON, and you can save 20% off your next order of Built Bar. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKEDON, to save 20% and find out what all the fuss is about for yourself. But there were things to like offensively, too, in this football game. Dolphins winning 20-3. They had over 20 first downs for the first time in several weeks. Uh, The play calling was lopsided (laughs) at least early on the Dolphins did finish with 25 rush attempts and two of those were kneels it all didn't come from the same place Ryan Fitzpatrick three for ten whatever he had a 12 yard rush on a speed option he chuckled after the game and said yeah that one was in the the playbook for two and not for me DeAndre Washington 13 for 49 including some chunk runs down the stretch. Matt Breida, 8 for 36, a 12-yard run. Looked good other than the fumble, which was super frustrating. Patrick Laird, 1 for 9, which looked good, but with a fumble. So that's not great. Uh, Dolphins, two fumbles lost in this football game. That's not good. That's the bad side of things. But they averaged 4.6 yards per rush before the two kneel downs. So... That, to me, 23 for 106, 4.6 yards per rush. There was some nice work done as far as generating some chunk gains down the stretch in this football game on the ground. I appreciated that. I know we got to one point where it was like 27 to 7 pass to run splits. And once it it felt like Fitz really got humming once we kind of spread and spaced the field and let him operate a little bit from empty and uh, Devontae Parker obviously is a huge standout. Mike Gusecki had a nice touchdown play, and he talked about how he uses his, he's learning, continuing to learn how to use his hands, and that's a win. Uh, but Devontae Parker, to get him back into like alpha wide receiver one, feed that man the football, I think that'll be a good lesson for Tua Tungavailoa to remember what it looked like against Denver and then come back to and say, look, man, like, if your trust is there with Devontae, your accuracy is better than Fitz's, 
Fitz targeted Devontae 14 times in this football game. Eight catches. And there were several that just missed because the placement wasn't great on the throw. So Tua, man, like this is the opportunity. And he said it after the Denver game, like learning when guys are open and, and knowing when to give my guys a chance to make a play. Like once he learns to walk that tightrope, man, like the ceiling's going to be really high here for these two. I love that the Dolphins got back to more multiple tight end stuff. Uh, we saw much more of Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen this week. Smythe, three for 19, had his targets early in the game. Shaheen caught a touchdown pass. More two tight end stuff. It's crazy how that works. More 12 personnel. Offensively, I thought the Dolphins uh, played a good sufficient football game. Is it super sexy? No. But I would also leave you with this in the big picture view of things for the Dolphins. The Dolphins are averaging approximately 25 points per game and change. Uh, 25.8 to be exact. So 25.8. If they hold that average over the entirety of the season, Five more games. If they average 25 points per game for five more games, this Dolphins team will finish the season with 412 points scored on the season. I know we have our frustrations. I know we do. But do you know how many times the Dolphins have scored 400 points in a single season? The answer is three. 1984, 1985, and 1986. That's it. And I understand like 400 points is the new normal for like an adequate offense in today's NFL. But let the fact that the Dolphins have not scored more than 400 points since 1986 tell you everything you need to know. So progress. Dolphins on pace to score 400 points this season, and they have the NFL's second best scoring defense. There's lots of good here. There's a lot of good for year two with a a roster that you knew was going to be deficient and continues to play musical chairs with who plays running back on a week-in, week-out basis. I feel great. I feel outstanding right now. Seven and four. I predicted before the season that the Dolphins would be nine and seven. That should become a reality now. And the the aspiration should be double-digit wins, and let's go from there. Tua Tungvaloa will be the quarterback for this team when he is physically ready to step onto the field. So don't stress, tune out all the noise about quarterback competition in South Florida, blah, 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 blah. No. Flores himself said it yesterday. This is Tua Tungvaloa's team when he is physically ready to play. So with that in mind, let's little round of applause, little golf clap for Fitz. Building the bridge to keep this team well positioned for Tua Tungavaloa to be what Tua Tungavaloa was for the Alabama Crimson Tide, which is when he gets the call, he's made magic happen. He did it at Alabama. Called in second half, national championship game. Come back to beat Georgia, win a title. I'm not saying the Dolphins are going to win a championship this year. But there's no moment on the face of the planet that is too big for Tua Tungvalo. 
So if that means Fitz has to play again this week and we bring Tua back to clash against Mahomes and the Chiefs, let's go. Because you know that's a quarterback in Tua who has a track record of rising to the occasion. Hope you guys enjoyed. I always do. I always enjoy catching up with you guys, sharing my insights on the team. As things currently stand, the Dolphins own picks number 11 and 22 in the 2020 NFL Draft. As things currently stand, they are the AFC's sixth seed and would play the Tennessee Titans, a terrible matchup for us, by the way, in the AFC playoffs in the first round. There's plenty left ahead for this team. We're still hot on the heels. We need to make up one game on the Buffalo Bills between now and Week 17. We've got a primetime clash with the Las Vegas Raiders. We on to Cincinnati this week, as one hooded head coach would say. We are on to Cincinnati. Let's make some magic happen. Eight and four is on the table. I'm ready for it. I hope you guys are too. Make sure you hit subscribe. Come on back and see us again. Power to the pod tomorrow. Your questions, your topics, everything related to the Miami Dolphins. So keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins. Thanks for listening.